Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is the Juice on the Cues podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Good morning, Syracuse. Welcome back to the Juice on the Cues podcast presented by Rivals.com. I'm your host, Wes Shang. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday, November 20, 2023. And we begin today's show with a huge headline. On Sunday, Dino Bapers was relieved of his duties as head coach of Syracuse football, and tight ends coach Nunzio Campanelli will serve as the interim head coach for the rest of the season. So, I have a couple thoughts on this. One is that college football is a business and Dino Bapers wasn't winning enough. He finishes his Syracuse career at 41 and 55 and 20 and 45 in ACC play. He only had two winning seasons at Syracuse. And after a 10 win season in 2018, just two years later, Syracuse went one and 10. So in my opinion, absolutely the right decision to move on from him. But I'll also say this. Bapers represented the university well in the way he spoke to the media and the way that he did create a family culture in the Syracuse program. Among the alumni to tweet in support of Bapers included former players Joshua Black, Aaron Service, Jamal Custis, and Aaron Roberts. And that's why he never lost the locker room this season, even after a five-game losing streak. So I wish Dino well. I hope he gets a chance to be a head coach elsewhere, but it's certainly time for Syracuse to find a new head coach. We'll take a quick break. Rivals National Recruiting Analyst Adam Freeman will join us after to discuss the recruiting impact of Bapers' dismissal. And after that, the Juice Online's Brad Bierman will join us to look at who should be the next head coach at Syracuse. And I'm Wes Chang. This is the Juice on the Cuse podcast. So let's get more into the Dino Bapers news. We welcome on Rivals.com National Recruiting Analyst Adam Freeman to the show. Adam, thanks for the time. We really appreciate it. For sure, for sure. How are, how are things going over there with the news? <laughs> things are really interesting over here. We want to get you started on this one. The news out of Syracuse on Sunday is that Dino Bapers is out as head coach. So what's your general take on the news? Yeah, I mean, this this isn't a huge surprise. You know, certainly something that we thought could be a possibility coming into this season. He hasn't had more than one winning season since the 2018 season when they went with 10 wins there and you know that's uh that's tough for any coach to overcome um but I think um I think Dino did a good job trying to at least in in some of these years that he was there maximizing the potential of the team and you know this year certainly hurt by injuries um but it's really it really just didn't the writing was kind of on the wall at, at this point. He he was not going to have much more success than he's already had there. You know, they've, they've had some really big wins, you know, I think of Clemson, wins over Clemson and, and things like that. But, you know, it was just time to find something new, time to figure out if something else can work at Syracuse. Adam, I wanted to ask you a recruiting-focused question. Dino Bapers never cracked the top half of the rivals' ACC recruiting rankings during his time at Syracuse. Is that a Dino issue, or is that a Syracuse University issue that all coaches will struggle with? Yeah, um, I think there, there's a little bit of both. You know, Syracuse doesn't have any 
real built-in advantages, right? Um, you know, they're upstate New York. It's not a talent hotbed. Um, you know, they haven't had the his recent uh, success on the field that would attract a lot of big-time players. This is a developmental program, um, and they, you know, have, they've had some players drafted and have gone to have success in the NFL, but not many that are, are overly notable, I should say. And um, I don't think that really resonated with a lot of uh, a lot of recruits, not just in the Northeast, but really throughout the uh, throughout the country. And you know, during his time, they they worked hard to recruit the state of Florida, and they did so with with varying levels of success. You know, they picked up some early commitments in a couple of years uh, while he was there that uh, from guys who were rated pretty highly, uh, four star types, and had they had trouble keeping those guys on board all the way to signing day, and um, that that happened with seemingly regularity, I would say, um, up until the last couple of years when things kind of took a turn when the transfer portal really became a thing. And then, of course, NIL is something that the university has struggled with, um, you know, to really compete on you know, in that realm. And I, I, that's something that I would imagine the next coach is also going to have to grapple with. Um, the transfer portal is and, and Dino was up front with this, too, in, in recent press conferences. The transfer portal is something that the next Syracuse staff is going to have to be experts in because that's where they're going to find their talent. That's where they're going to find their depth. That's where they're going to find future starters. And they're going to have to try to hold on to those guys after they uh, get there. Um, it's, 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 a tif- it's a difficult job. Um, you know, the, the program hasn't had a lot of success in recent years for a reason it is a difficult place to recruit and it's it's not for everybody up uh, up in the upstate there uh of uh, of uh, new york so it'll be interesting to see what coach comes in next and if they're really able to kind of galvanize the support of the community and really embody what what type of player and program the syracuse team should be Adam, you wrote a column on Sunday about five recruits the next head coach has to go after when he arrives. Sire Torrance is on that list, and I think he has to be the top guy on that list because it's important to keep the hometown guys at home in central New York. Do you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, this guy, you know, he he's a Christian Brothers Academy right there um, in, in Syracuse. This is a program that the Syracuse program knows very well. Um, they've had varying levels of success there over the years. They've gotten some players who've gone on to do some pretty good things at the next level. And I would imagine that Torrance will be very interested in who the next head coach will be at Syracuse. Um, you know, he's a former Michigan state commit, uh, you know, the Spartans obviously dealing with their own issues over there. And, you know, before he committed to Michigan state, Syracuse got him for an official visit along with Rutgers and Boston college. And of course, Michigan state four official visits there, but, you know, with Syracuse getting a new head coach, he'll be able to take another official visit to Syracuse and, you know, we'll see if uh, if that all comes to fruition. You know, it seems like he's holding off on making any moves on the recruiting front until after his season is over. Uh, Christian Brothers Academy is in the New York State playoffs, and um, you know they they won this past weekend and or this weekend I should say, and they'll they'll have another game this coming week. So we'll have to see how much longer his season goes and what impact that has on his recruitment moving forward. And Adam, we'll get you out of here on this one. There's four other guys you mentioned. All of them are at least rivals three-star prospects. Can you go through each of them and why the next head coach should be pursuing them? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look up front, 
um, on the offensive line for, you know, really the core of an off of a, of a, of an offense. You know, they, an offense can't move if you don't have offensive linemen. So the two of the top offensive linemen in New England, one of which is in the state and the other in a prep school in Connecticut, who I think, you know, that's an area that Syracuse should really have a strong presence. The first one, the in-state prospect, Marcus Harrison. This is kind of a, you know, shoot the moon type. You got to go big or go home. Uh, Marcus Harrison is committed to Georgia. He is a mountain of a human, six foot eight, you know, 335 is probably a little light for him um, and based off what we've seen from him this year. But uh, really, really just, um, you know, if they can get his attention and maybe get him on campus, that would almost be a win right there. But the possibility of flipping him is something that the next coach is just going to have to look into because you know, there's only one in-state commitment right now in the Syracuse recruiting class. And that you know, that has to change for the next uh, the next coach. Uh, the other offensive line prospect that I think the next coach has to focus on, or at least you know, try to try to get his attention, is Jack Hines out of Avon Old Farms in Connecticut. He's a Wake Forest commit. Syracuse wasn't one of his finalists prior to his decision, but a new head coach bringing new energy to the program could get his attention, and that um, you know, he's already shown the willingness to to play in the ACC, and and obviously interest there at being committed to Wake Forest. He's a New England kid, uh, so he's not scared of the weather. Um, I know, you know, obviously Syracuse plays, plays in a dome, but you know, outside of that, in in, in you know his day to day life, he's not scared of of walking to class in the snow or or having to, to battle the elements there. So I think uh, Jack Hines is a guy that uh, that the next coach needs to check in on and and try to get his attention, maybe get him for a visit. Two other players that I think would really be interesting if Syracuse could get there, get, get flips on them and get them on campus for visits, possibly. Henry Hasselbeck, I know he's got the Boston College lineage, you know, with his dad and uncle and everything, but uh, he's committed to Michigan State right now. He hasn't, you know, really you know, jumped the gun, you know, maybe thinking about a decommitment or looking at his options. You know, since Mel Tucker was fired, he's he's just kind of held steady, waiting to see who the next head coach would be, what the team was like this year, and you know, we'll see if the next head coach really gets some of his attention. That would be interesting, though. Uh, and the last one that I mentioned was Richard James. Uh, he's a, he was a former uh, West Virginia commit, but he's teammates with current Syracuse defensive back commit Raheem Long. Um, and so that connection there would be interesting to see if if Syracuse tries to use that as a as an in and get his attention, get him up there for a visit. You know, Temple, Maryland, UConn, and Massachusetts are just some of the other teams involved with James right now. So it seems like there could be an opening there for the next Syracuse head coach to get his attention to. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. Much appreciated. Talk soon. Of course, Wes. Thanks a lot. I'm sure we'll be talking plenty uh, over this the next few weeks, months, as this uh, coaching hire process unfolds. Adam Freeman, ladies and gentlemen, and he's absolutely right. We're going to be talking a lot to Adam as this head coaching search goes on. And definitely agree with Adam as it relates to Sire Torrance. The first recruiting item when the next head coach arrives, aside from calling all of his committed prospects, is to make every effort to keep Sire Torrance at home. It would be a statement for the next head coach that he's keeping his hometown guys at home. And I think that goes a long way to establishing some recruiting credibility in the community as well. We'll take a quick break. Brad Bierman when we return. And I'm Wes Chang. This is the Juice on the Cues podcast. 
Let's face it, most people aren't making massive turkey feasts on the regular, and after 364 days of not thinking about it, it can be hard to get that bird just right. That's where Instacart, the holiday rescue app, comes in. From getting all the ingredients to prep a full seasonal spread to getting last-minute swamps in a turkey emergency, Instacart has everything a holiday host needs to save face and save dinner. And right now, if you download Instacart, you get free delivery on your first three orders and delivery in as fast as one hour. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. All right, so let's take an even deeper dive into the Dino Vapors news. We welcome on the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief, Brad Bierman, to the podcast. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, I asked Adam this question. I'll ask you as well. What did you think when you heard the news that Dino Vapors was fired? Well, it certainly doesn't come as a shocker, but when it happens, Wes, it is a shock. It's always kind of a strange feeling when you're covering a program like Syracuse that uh, usually, you know, is patient with its head coaching uh, uh, tenures uh, in the past. One exception, Scott Schaefer, but that was kind of, you know, a situation where you had change in the athletic administration as well. Bottom line is you have to win games. It's a competitive business. Head football coaches know that. Dino Babers has been around long enough to know that and quite simply did not win enough in the end. And it came down to being a business decision as well. Uh, the Syracuse Athletic Department, we talked about it on the, the previous podcast, a lot of financial situation in regards to the pandemic years and losing money, uh, no fans in the dome, uh, and teams and programs around the country having to come back from that. And when Syracuse has come back, it, it still struggled to fill up uh, the dome. Yes, there have been some sellouts here and there, but on a consistent basis, there just hasn't been the overwhelming support for the team at home where ticket revenue is so important uh, as Syracuse tries to play catch-up now with facilities that are being uh, constructed as we speak, of course, down at South Campus and then in the NIL era, and the transfer portal opens up on December 4th. So the administration had known for a couple of weeks to months now that a change may be a brewing. And uh, as the last month has come into play and Syracuse for the second straight year has had uh, a late season losing streak and struggled to play well in November, uh, combined with, you know, the donors, the revenue, the, 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 uh, the alumni, the feedback that was coming into the, to the athletic department, to the administration and such. And, I I just think the timing was right now because of the transfer portal opening up on December 4th. That's critical. Early recruiting period begins on December 20th, just a month away. So really prudent for the administration to move forward once they decided a change is going to be made to make that change, even with one game left in the regular season and even with a win in that game, uh, providing Syracuse with bowl eligibility. Brad, if you're the administration, what are you looking for in the next head coach? Well, I think they're going to be looking, Wes, for somebody that you know, has some sex appeal, if you will, that they can build off promoting uh, a new direction of the program and the vision of this new coach, what they're going to bring. I think, again, uh, Dino Babers had it right from an offensive standpoint when he came in 2015 and uh, playing in a controlled uh, climate atmosphere inside the dome. And I think that's going to be equally important uh, for the next head coach to have an offensive background. Uh, the old adage, you know, offense, it's sexy. It sells tickets. Uh, defense wins games. I think Syracuse traditionally has had success on that side of the ball. It's, it's the offense and being consistent. 
you really need fireworks today in college football. You need to be able to pass. It's a fast game. Uh, you, you need those talented athletes that uh, we've seen from the best ACC teams over the last decade with Clemson and Florida State. So I think offense is going to be important, and I think it's also going to be imperative that somebody that really can relate to the players has really done a lot of homework and research on the transfer portal, uh, really put a lot of analytics for that together, because uh, that really has taken over, in my mind, is the number one way for roster management uh, with coaches only given, you know, less time now, maybe three years to turn a program around that you're going to get those kind of instant results. So that's, for me, number one is offense. Number two is, you know, head coaching experience with that offensive background. I think that's really important for a program like Syracuse moving forward uh, into the dome renovations next year with individual seats. And Brad, we're running out of show. You have a closing thought? I I do, Weston. Again, I'm going to stick with our topic here. Uh, Dino Babers was a great guy. I really enjoyed a professional interaction with him, really enjoyed old school football background that he had. Uh, What I did not like, though, about him was the fact he really didn't, I think, represent the community as as much as past head coaches had, and and his wife being the first lady of Syracuse football, not as visible. That was his choice, I think, more laid back and reserved in that manner. But I just want to reflect here now on the eight-year era of Dino Babers football when he first came and some offensive uh, records were set. I thought, wow, this is the guy. He's really going to understand the dome and get the offense going and turn things around. But then you could see as he learned what the talent level needed to be to compete in the ACC, again, especially with the teams down south, uh, had had that difficulty in constructing the roster. That combined with the other uh, major thing that has stood out for certainly the last five years, I think you and I have talked about it every week of each football season, the penalties. And penalties to me said the team was not disciplined, and that's always on the head coach. Don Shula used to say, you know, I'm going to make sure our team is the least penalized. It's no coincidence he's the winningest coach in NFL history. So those were the things I liked about Dino Babers. Those were some of the things I did not like about him, but certainly want to salute his eight years of service to the Syracuse football program to move forward. Brad, I want to close the show on the Syracuse head coaching hot board. There are several names that are emerging as potential head coaching candidates at Syracuse. Some of them are obvious, like Sean Lewis and Tony White, two former coordinators under Dino Babers. Doug Marone's name has been thrown out there. And we have some young coordinators like Liam Cohen from Kentucky. And then there's up-and-coming head coaches like Kirk Signetti from James Madison. All those are in our coaching hot board on our website, and we'll certainly let you know more when we hear about it. That's it for us. I want to thank my guest, Rivals National Recruiting Analyst Adam Friedman, the Juice Online's Brad Bierman. And this is Wes Chang reminding you that sometimes I think to myself, how fast does a zebra have to run before it looks gray? You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast presented by Rivals.com, and we'll see you next time. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, 
Price Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.